0: episode epiphanies a show where two best friends try to make each other not try to <laughs> succeed in making each other watch the pilot episode of some of our favorite shows because we have very different taste in television shows so we hope the other person will have an epiphany and start to like something that they wouldn't normally like my name is jessica and i only watch live action dramas
1: my name is Natasha, and I pretty much only watch cartoon shows.
0: And this week, we are watching Blind Spot, which is a terrible show. <laughs> um, just like, we're just gonna get that out of the way. It's not a good show. It's not even a good show if you think about it as a procedural. It is nonsense. I tried to find a synopsis of it so I could do justice to how insane it actually is and I couldn't find a good synopsis to read <laughs> so we are relying off of my memory okay but if I say something completely batshit insane yes that probably actually happened alright okay that's
1: interesting <laughs> <laughs> I think this is possibly the first show we started with you just saying it was bad <laughs> look it's it's a bad show I don't know what to tell you huh Okay, I'm excited
0: to talk about this one. <laughs> you like the show. No. Well, okay. I, um, we'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what did you know about Spot going into it? I knew a little bit. I knew who Ashley
1: Johnson was because of Critical Role, which we talked about last week. And I knew... Because you watched this show and my brother watched this show and you both told me like a little bit about it when you were watching it. I knew it was about, a, they, about people finding a woman covered in tattoos and it's the FBI are trying to figure out what all the tattoos mean, and it's a bunch of secret codes. I knew that Patterson existed and that her dad is Bill Nye. Yes. (laughs) Like, in-universe, (laughs) the the
0: character's dad is Bill Nye. (laughs) The funniest thing about that is, like, the moment Bill Nye comes on is the moment you're like, wait, is this show supposed to intentionally be a parody? Like... (laughs) Well, okay, that's what I'm going to say. I also knew that there's a guy whose name is, like, Boston Rob or something. No. <laughs> okay, his name is Boston, but the first time you told me that, I was like, Boston Rob? Who, for people who have never watched reality TV, is a va- very famous player from Survivor. Okay, that's less weird. His name is, I mean, it's still weird that his name is Boston,
1: but I knew there was that. I knew that... Uh, okay, and there's gonna be some spoilers. We're gonna spoil things in this show, so if We're you don't want spoilers, spoil the whole goddamn show, <laughs> stop listening now if you don't want spoilers. Uh, I knew that Jane, the main lady, and the main dude Weller end yeah. up together. I think yes. get married. I think. Um, I knew that. Apparently, in the finale, Patterson and I think Boston and I think another guy end up in yep. like a, a throuple. Yep, <laughs> which I'm very on board with. <laughs> I think I knew a few other little things like that, like little character things that like you and Cam have told me, but I didn't know like a ton about the plot. And based on the way Cam talked about it, I thought it was more comedic, but it's really not. It's very much, at least from the pilot, a serious procedural, which I was kind of surprised by. But yeah, so I knew some stuff about it.
0: Blindspot is one of those shows that is funny because it is taking itself a little too seriously Mm -hmm. it's i mean like
1: that's why it's funny to me that you said that this is just a bad show because like it is very much like it just seems like a generic procedural but it doesn't seem worse than other procedurals that i know you like that's why i'm surprised that you led with (laughs) how it's bad because it just seems like very run of the mill
0: (laughs) that is fair the reason I say this show is specifically bad is because it doesn't even attempt to make its main plot arc make any fucking sense.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: <laughs> Which is very funny, but it's, like, I agree that it is very basic procedural. If you watch the pilot episode of The Blacklist, of Castle, of, I can't think of another one <laughs> off the top of my head, it would be very, very similar. Mm-hmm castle's main plot arc makes perfect sense
1: i mean that's fair i would have no way of knowing just from the pilot because i i only got the introduction to the plot i don't know how it
0: where it goes from here so i'm gonna let you get into it but um Mm -hmm. you remembered boston's name but his boyfriend's name is truly wilder because it's rich.com
1: that's what it was okay (laughs) i was trying to remember i was like didn't Boston have a really weird name? That's why I was like, Boston Rob? No, it was like Boston something. But I was thinking of rich.com. Rich.com. Having the weird name. And Boston is also there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Patterson, rich.com, and Boston all end up together? Yeah. In theory, yes. That's so good. I don't even know. I didn't even meet Boston or rich.com. I just think I love that conceptually that that happened.
0: <laughs> I agree. It's it's very good. Okay. Do you want to tell me about the pilot?
1: Yes. Okay. So, the episode starts in New York. Big city. It's at night. People everywhere. A police officer... Is walking down the street, I guess, and sees just like a duffel bag in the middle of the street, and he's like asking people, is that yours? And people are like, no. And he looks at the tag on the duffel bag and it says, Call the FBI. He's like, oh my god. <laughs> so then everybody evacuates from the busy New York street and he calls the bomb squad, and a, a guy in full bomb squad SWAT gear goes over to this bag, but he has bare hands. <laughs> drove me crazy. It's like, he's so careful. He's like, oh my God. Uh, he's like checking for radiation. He's like, it could be a bomb, but he doesn't even have gloves on. It could be anything. And you're all freaked out about this bag, but you don't even have gloves on. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyways, I feel like that just set the tone for this show. Everything's has played so seriously, but there's things that you're just like, I don't think they thought about this at all. <laughs> So he goes to open the bag with his bare hands and the bag starts to open itself and he's all freaked out. And then in a very sexy, weird, sensual (laughs) way, a fully nude woman covered in tattoos gets out of the bag like a, like a Cirque du Soleil person (laughs) unfolding herself from this duffel bag. (laughs) And then he's like, put your hands up, get on the ground. And she's all freaked out. And, and then he's all like, oh my God, who's this naked woman covered in tattoos who crawled out of a duffel bag? Can we talk
0: about the fact that his reaction is truly insane? Like, this scared naked woman gets out of a duffel bag and his reaction is to point a gun at her? Like, she has nothing. She is fully nude. Like, can
1: you chill the fuck out? Yeah, and like, she's very clearly, like, afraid. She's not, like, aggressive. It's not like she's, like going to attack him, she's just like, oh my god, what's happening? And, like, he also seems like, he's like, oh my god, are you seeing this? As if she's, like, some sort of, like, creature, but it's like... She has a lot of tattoos, but like, yeah,
0: she's just a person. Like people have tattoos. I 100% think that that cop's backstory is that he watches way too many like sci-fi horror movies. <laughs> and because of the way he reacts to just like the bag moving, mm-hmm. I guarantee you that guy thought it was an alien. <laughs> like my thought
1: would be that it's like an animal or something,
0: right? Yeah. I guess until it
1: starts unzipping, you have to have yeah. hands for that. But anyways, she gets in the bag, she's scared, he's scared. We cut to a scene that, uh, is just very upsetting. It's, a, it's not even that important, but it's just like a guy in a house in like rural Kentucky who has like a bunch of women hostage and they're tied up in his house and he's yelling at them. And it's, this is a, one of the reasons why I don't like cop shows because there's so many just like casual scenes of like uncomfortable violence or abuse that are like, I just—I didn't want it. I didn't need to see that. That wasn't even yeah. important to the plot. You just had to show us that. No, that's valid. Yeah, it's a—it's a just a quick scene. Basically, it's just setting up this guy whose name is um, Agent Kurt Weller. He's a—I guess he's an FBI. He works with the FBI in like recovering missing persons or hostages <laughs> or or something. Yeah. I don't exactly know what they're trying to set up with this scene, but.
0: I think he's part of the kidnapping department mm, yeah. in Kentucky, but he did used to work in New York. So, yeah, he's helped. He's rescuing
1: people who've been kidnapped, and then the FBI come in a helicopter, and they're like, Agent Weller, we have an emergency in New York, you have to come with us. And he's like, okay. So then they go to New York, and we are in a hospital, and we meet this doctor whose name I never caught,
0: Oh, is that Dr. Borden? Uh,
1: yeah, I guess so. He's the doctor who who we see a couple times in the episode who's yeah. kind of british sounding. Yeah. Okay. Dr. Borden, we meet him, and he's telling Agent Weller and some other people. There's a lot of cop people in this episode, yeah. and I was having a hard time keeping track of who was important and who wasn't.
0: Uh, okay. Weller is important. Yes. Reed and Zapata. Is and... Reed the, the other cop
1: who he's yeah. always with? Okay. Yes. That was the other guy whose name I didn't get. Reed. Mayfair. And Zapata is with him, and she like is like a hacker and stuff. And then Mayfair is like the head of the, or yes. she's like the boss. Yes. And then there's also um, Patterson, who we meet later, who's also like a technician, Patterson's computer person. kind
0: of like a lab tech. And the rest okay. of them are cops.
1: Okay, yeah. So Doctor Borden is there. And he is showing them, he's, like, telling them about this, like, medicine or this, like, protein or something that was being studied to maybe use to help people with, like, PTSD and stuff to, like, forget or repress certain, like, traumatic memories. But he's like, but this lady, who we found in the duffel bag, her body was, like, full of this protein and it gave her amnesia. And she doesn't remember anything about herself. Yeah. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Which, like... At least they gave a somewhat, like, yeah clearly fictional, I'm assuming, but, like, fictional, somewhat reasonable explanation for why she would have amnesia.
0: Yes. This is the very first thing they tell you about this drug called Zip, and mm-hmm. suspending your disbelief, fine, there's a drug, it can wipe your whole memory, it's supposed to be used for PTSD. Mm-hmm. Fine. Everything else they tell you about this drug is batshit wild. <laughs> okay. Like, what? So there's a point near the end of the show where they're like, actually, this drug is like poisoning you and it's working your way, uh, its way up your spine and eventually will like make the part of your brain that makes you breathe forget how to start breathing which a is insane because like that's just not how drugs work they can't work their way up your spine yeah especially not after
1: all this time because clearly i'm assuming by the end of the show it's been a while it's been
0: quite a few years also it started with her memories which means it started in her brain so if it was gonna do that it would have done that Uh, Pretty much first. (sighs) And then there's another character who also gets dosed with Zip, Mm -hmm. but he gets dosed with much less of it, Mm -hmm. like, two years after Jane, Mm -hmm. and somehow dies of the poisoning effects of Zip way faster. (laughs) Who knows, man? Science is not this show's strong suit.
1: Well, they did a good enough job in the pilot of convincing me that it it made sense within the universe, whether or not they continued that for the rest of the show.
0: The pilot isn't bad. The rest of it is...
1: Bad. I love that uh, we've watched several shows so far where you were like the pilot's not, or, or shows even I've shown you too, where we were like the pilot's not the strongest episode, but like it gets better. I like that this one is apparently the pilot is the strongest episode, or at
0: least stronger
1: than the show as a whole.
0: Yeah, because the pilot is a procedural. The pi- mm. like a procedural introduction is easy to write mm-hmm. because there's a hundred thousand of them. If you mm-hmm. fucked up the introduction to a procedural. You're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyways,
1: that happens. And then they show Kurt a picture of her, or they show him him her. I don't remember. Basically, they're like, Kurt, Mr. Agent Weller, do you recognize this woman? And he's like, why should I? And they turn her around, and she has a huge tattoo. Like, I mean, she's covered in tattoos, but one of the biggest tattoos on her is a big tattoo on her back that says... Kurt Weller, FBI, in, like, fancy font. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're like, you should recognize her because she has your name tattooed on her back. And he's like, what? And then we get the intro, and then then we cut to, like, Agent Weller is, like, in this room full of FBI agents. He's like, okay, we gotta figure this out. Who this woman is. Maybe someone that I sent to jail escaped, and they tattooed her with my name. Or, like, we gotta figure this out. And they're, like, like fingerprinting her and taking her DNA and and imaging her and, like, trying to figure out who she is because she doesn't remember who she is or anything about her and no one knows who she is. Um And I feel really bad for her because she, like, is clearly freaking out, has no idea what's happening, and she's just being shuffled around to all these, like, labs and stuff. Um And then we meet Patterson, Ashley Johnson, the only character who matters. Uh, <laughs> she's so... She's barely in this episode, but she's the first person we see actually, like treat Jane they're calling the the unknown woman Jane like Jane Doe Patterson is the first person who actually is like even slightly like nice to Jane yeah she's like hey like are you okay like does does this hurt because apparently the tattoos are very fresh so so they still hurt and I don't know I just appreciated that Patterson was the only person who like just like talked to Jane (laughs) instead of just being like oh here do this for studying her they're trying to, like, they're making her do, like, lie detector kind of tests, but she's like, I don't remember anything.
0: Stop asking me questions. I don't know. The funniest thing about <laughs> this lie detector test, and big spoilers, but <laughs> re-watching this the second time, this guy doing the polygraph asks the only relevant question three questions in. Like, three questions in, he says, are you now or have you ever been part of a terrorist group? Mm -hmm. And that is the plot of the show, that she's part of a terrorist group. And it just was so funny to me watching it a second time being like, oh, this random guy we never see again, he knows what's up, but no one else does. Oh, well, I
1: assumed that they assumed terrorism first because the whole, like, they found her in a bag with, like, and they thought it might be, like, I mean, obviously she's not a bomb, but, like...
0: Yeah, no, and like, I'm sure it's like a standard question, but mm-hmm. it just struck me as funny. It takes them so long to get there in the show, and it's like, it's wild that it takes them so long because my assumption from
1: the pilot was that it was going to be about terrorism or her or, or a terrorist group just because of what happens in the pilot. The pilot yep. is specifically about terrorism. Yep. Okay, well, uh, he he asks her that. She says, I don't know. And then Weller is looking at her tattoos and he's like, ooh, it's a treasure map because there's clues. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't make sense. Therefore, it's a treasure map. I don't know exactly what that meant, but okay. (laughs) It was a very bad metaphor. He's a cop. There's also a point where, like, he he gets um, Zapata, I think her name is, one of the other cops. To, like, look at some CCTV footage because he thinks, like, oh, like, a van, someone in a van or something must have dropped off the duffel bag. And she finds a van and she's like, oh, Weller, you were right. Do you ever get tired of being right? And he's like, no. <laughs> it's like, he's, he's so annoying. I
0: hate Kurt
1: so much. I do not like him. He's the most, like, generic smarmy oh i'm so cool and tough but really i'm just boring like cop man (laughs) he's also
0: such an asshole he is yeah he literally spends there's a guy who doesn't speak english in this episode Mm -hmm. and kurt's like yep the solution of this is to yell at him and i'm like Mm -hmm. what yeah all all the bad cop fbi tropes
1: you can think of that's kurt he does them all
0: everyone else is like fine kurt is just awful (laughs) Yeah, and it's, like, it's so
1: clear, even from, okay, so the next scene is Jane being like, I want to talk to someone in charge, because I'm tired of doing all these lie detector tests, and she meets Kurt, and from, like, the first moment they meet, it's so obvious that there's going to be, like, a romance between Jane and Kurt, and it's like, but he's terrible. (laughs) He's the worst. He's actually the worst. (laughs) Oh, okay, Anyways. So they have a little moment and she, like, touches his face and stuff because he's like, do you remember me? And she's like, I don't know. I have to touch your face to see if I remember you.
0: (laughs) She's like, nope, don't remember you. Is that not how you remember people? You just, like, touch their face? I guess.
1: And then they stare into each other's eyes. It was very dramatic.
0: And then he takes her to
1: a safe house, which looks super shitty from the outside and looks only kind of shitty on the inside. And just, like, leaves her there, which, like, again, I feel bad for her. She's clearly, like, freaking out. And he's just like, enjoy your house. Bye. <laughs> they also have the
0: weirdest conversation about food. He's like, just tell the people outside like what you like and they'll order. And she's like, I don't know what you li- I like. And he's like, okay, I'll get you a bunch of menus. And I'm like... She won't know what the food on the menus is. Like, just order her a fucking pizza. Like, (laughs) what is wrong with you? Uh, Like, I feel
1: like they could have done it slightly differently and set up Kurt being, like, kind of awkward and not knowing, like, how to have a... a, a, Like, how to be caring but trying, but they just don't quite hit that. And instead, he just comes across as a huge asshole instead of someone who's like trying to be helpful but isn't, but doesn't quite know how. It's true. Yeah. And so she's sad and she looks at herself in the mirror covered in tattoos and she's like, ah, this sucks. (laughs) It's a lot more dramatic than that. She's like crying and stuff, but no, I like your description. (laughs) She, she, she's sad. Which, like, fair enough. She doesn't remember anything. She, everything's weird. The, then we see the Dr. Borden again. He, he and Patterson are the nicest people in this episode. They're the only people who are really friendly. Um, he's, like, talking to Jane, having a little therapy session, and he brings a coffee and a tea, and he's like, here I brought you coffee or tea and she's like I don't know which one I prefer and he's like we'll just try them and decide. And so she like takes a sip of both and then she puts down the tea and she's like I don't like that one it tastes like grass clippings. And he's like there you go. You remembered what grass clippings taste like? Implying she's eaten grass clippings? <laughs> I get what he was getting at but it's a funny line. I know. And then he's like and you realized you like coffee. And I really liked his his like little speech here because he she's freaking out about how like She's like, I don't know who I am, I have no identity, I have no life. And he's like, even if you never get your memories back, you can still like make choices, and every time you make choices and learn new things about yourself, you're you're still like you, and you're still a person discovering things about yourself and stuff. And that was good. Borden is is good. He's valid. I like him. <laughs> he was trying to help her. So he's he's all nice. Then we kind of get to the 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 plot, the sort of procedural plot of this episode specifically, where they see, they're looking at images of a, a tattoo specifically that's like behind her ear, and it's Chinese letters, and she sees it, and she hadn't been able to see it before because it was behind her ear. Um, and But when she sees it, she reads it, and she can read Chinese. Which makes sense, because at first it's like, why would she remember that? But it's like, she remembers English, so if she knows other languages, yeah. it makes sense that she would remember those too. So she can read the Chinese, which why didn't they get someone else who could speak Chinese to read? Like they knew that there was a tattoo with Chinese character. I don't know. There's a lot of tattoos. Maybe they were going to get to that one and they hadn't gotten to it yet. But she reads it and she's like, it's a date. It's, a, it's an address and it's a date and the date is today. And so they're like, okay, well, we need to go to this address. It's an address in Chinatown. And she's like, I want to go with you because I want to like find out what's happening. And Weller's like, no. And Agent Mayfair... The, the, like, head of the thing, is, like, she can go, and I, I get Weller's point here of, like, as far as he knows, she's just a random civilian who has no memory and will just be a liability if he takes her into this potentially dangerous situation, but the way he handles it, instead of just being, like, no, like, I want you to be safe, whatever, he's, like, no, you can't come, you have
0: to stay here, and he's so, like, aggressive <laughs> about it, it's, like, dude, you could say this in a nice way. She literally asks him if she's under arrest. She's like, that's how bad he's being.
1: Yeah. But anyways, she ends up going. Then they get to this address in Chinatown and Weller, and I think he's with Zapata, the other cop lady. He just like busts into this apartment. Like, I don't quite know how the FBI works, but I feel like there's a tattoo on a woman's body that has your address on it. It's not (laughs) enough of a warrant to break into someone's house. Yeah, that's valid. Like, he just breaks in for... And he shows his little FBI badge, but it's like, you have no, like, legitimate reason for breaking (laughs) in here. Yeah. (laughs) Which I know is, like, that's, like, such a trope in, like, cop shows that people just... Like, cops do that all the time on TV when they really shouldn't, but it was, like...
0: It's also... It's very funny because this show very much is, like, pro-cop propaganda Mm -hmm. the way most procedurals are, but... This show especially is really funny because a lot of Jane's tattoos lead to, like, they're trying to uncover, like, government conspiracies or Mm -hmm. problems in policing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that that is very problematic. And then the show is like, wait, they're a terrorist group and we hate them. And it's like, but they're exposing bad cops. Like, you understand that they're exposing bad cops. That's why they hate them. (laughs) The show gets mired in this, like, really weird debate where it's, like, trying to tell you they're terrorists, of course they're bad, but the terrorists are like, these are bad cops, these are the people who are in charge of you, and we're exposing all the ways they're bad, and you're supposed to believe the terrorist group is the bad guys, and it's really weird. That's interesting. I feel like that, like, that, like, edges on something
1: that could be really interesting if they really explored that moral dilemma, but I'm assuming, even just based on how they handle things in the pilot, I'm assuming they don't, they don't handle that moral dilemma well.
0: They're honestly too pro-cop to handle the moral dilemma. Well, I
1: mean, this scene sure does not, uh, make cops seem good. They Uh break into this person's house, there's a guy there who doesn't speak English, they're yelling at him, they're being physically aggressive with him, he's freaking out, they- Finally realize he doesn't speak English, so they're like, "Well, I guess we'll go get Jane to translate." Ugh, I guess we have to. They go get Jane. <laughs> she translates. This guy is like super freaked out. He he's like he didn't renew his student visa in time or something, and he's like apologizing because he thinks that's why the FBI is there. It was kind of unclear because at first I thought he like bought the place from the guy they're looking for, but I think it was that he and the guy that they're looking for were roommates. Yeah, doesn't really matter. They break into the room of the guy that they're looking for, whose name I think is Chow. His room is full like he's full of like science equipment. They're like, at first they think he's making drugs, but then they realize he's making explosives, and he also has like a laptop set to like release a video in the next like three hours or something. They never say what the
0: video is being released to. But, uh, the media, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I get guess, I'm guessing either the media or yeah, it must be the media. Or just it being must posted be.
1: online? I don't know.
0: If being posted online wouldn't be, like, dramatic enough if you were yeah. going to do a bomb threat. You would have to send it to, like, a news station. I feel like that's such
1: a TV thing of, like, I'm going to release this to the media. But if I had, like, something I wanted to send to the media, I don't know how I would do There's it. It's not like there's a button you press online <laughs> that's, like, send video to
0: the media. <laughs> I'm assuming it would have to be, like, a delayed email because most news places have tips lines.
1: Yeah. But it's like, even if you sent that email, like, by the time someone saw it, your big thing would already have happened. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's not important. The point <laughs> is, they see this video, and they're like, and the guy's speaking in Chinese, and they're like, we need to go get Jane again, because they told Jane to wait outside, because she was freaking out, looking at a picture of this guy, trying to remember if she knew him or not. And while they're in the the room, looking at the guy's explosives in his laptop and stuff, we cut to a scene of Patterson and Mayfair, who have been trying to figure out, um... There's one part of Jane's tattoos that's, like, a big black box that's, like, the whole rest of the tattoos are, like, very intricate, like, designs and writing and stuff, but one part on her shoulder is just, like, a big black box, and they're, like, well, maybe she had a tattoo before, and that was to cover it up, and then they, like, did some UV imaging, whatever, to figure out what was under the black box, and they realized it was a Navy seal tattoo, and they're, like, oh, she must have been a Navy seal, but they're, like, but there's never been a female Navy seal...
0: I guess. I don't know enough about Navy SEALs to know if that's true. <laughs> this was wild because when I first watched this, I was like, there's no chance that's true. Like that just, it seems fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then I Googled it and I watched this show last year. Yeah. And when I Googled it, it was like the very first female Navy SEAL was inducted this year. So when this show aired, there were no female Navy SEALs. And this show isn't that old. Okay. So so they were like, she can't be Navy SEAL because there's never been a female Navy SEAL. But then they were
1: like, well, maybe she was special ops, so it would have been, like, a secret. Yeah. And they are like, also, she's not in any of our databases or anything. But they were like, well, if she was, like, a secret agent, then she wouldn't be in the databases, I guess. So they have that, and they're having that realization, which is being cut with the scenes of um, them looking at the explosives. And also being cut with Jane... Who's waiting out in the hallway, hears like a scuffle and yelling and stuff happening downstairs in the apartment building. And realizes the, the guy who whose apartment they broke into is like, yeah, that's the supervisor of the building. He's a bad man. She goes into his apartment. He's beating his wife. Second time in this episode that we see just casual abuse and violence against women. Anyways, so he's beating his wife. Jane comes in and is like, fuck this. You have to stop. And then she starts fighting. The guy, and I guess the guy's son, there's another younger guy there who I assume is the supervisor's son, and Jane starts fighting them to to help the, the wife, and it becomes very clear that she has, like, she's good at fighting, she has training, she's probably a Navy SEAL special ops <laughs> or something like that. And so she's having this big fight and then Weller comes to get her because they want her to translate. And he like interrupts her like choking this guy with like a broken broom handle. And he's like, what the heck is happening? And she's like, I was helping this lady. And he's like, okay, we don't have time for that right now. Come translate a video. So she comes to translate the video and they basically realize that he's gonna set off some sort of explosive in the next three and a half hours and they need to stop him. Also, he's like writing a bunch of emails in like this rare dialect of Chinese called devil's language I don't know enough about Chinese to know if that's a real thing. It doesn't really sound like a real thing, but maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways, Jane apparently can translate it, but other translators can't. So she translates the emails and they think that they know where he's going. And so then they go to follow him into like the subway. And also we see quickly that there's like some guy, like a guy with a big beard, who's like watching them in the, when, as they're leaving Chinatown. We just get a quick cut of him. Some guy is watching them. Um, And then they get to the subway and they're following the guy whose name I think is Chow. And Jane is like, don't kill him. Like, take him alive because he might know something about who I am and why I have all these tattoos. Because his address was tattooed on my body. And they're like, okay, we'll try. And then um, Weller and the other guy whose name... is Reed? Reed, yeah. They go down to the subway. They're chasing this guy. But he gets a text the chow gets a text that says you're being followed so he realizes they're following him so he like cuts the subway cars so he gets away and he puts an explosive on the car and weller takes the explosive and goes like running down the subway tunnel and like rips off parts of the c4 i don't know <laughs> if that's how bombs work but he's like i'm gonna take some of the c4 off so it'll be a smaller explosion and then he chucks it and he co- goes running and there's a
0: big explosion in the subway but he's okay and everybody's okay This is genuinely, like, the second funniest bomb defusal I've ever seen on a cop show. Like, it's so wild. He's like, yep, I'm just gonna, like, rip it, and then I'm gonna chuck it, and that's gonna be fine. And he was right. It was fine. Again, I don't know enough about
1: bombs to know if that's a thing that you could do, but he does it. Then... Because Weller realizes... Because in the guy's video, he said something about the Mother of Exiles. And then Weller's like, hey, that's, like, on the poem that's on the Statue of Liberty. He's gonna go blow up the Statue of Liberty. So then they have to go to the Statue of Liberty. And then Weller and Jane... Oh, there's, like, so much that happens in this episode. I'm skipping through things. But they, they go to the Statue of Liberty. Jane and Weller are together because Jane is still like, I want to go... There's, like, seven different times in this episode where Weller's like, you stay there. And Jane is like, no, I'm not staying there. Which <laughs> I do like that they made... Jane have quite a bit of agency because for the first, like, little bit of the episode, she's very, like, passive and things are just happening to her, which, like, makes sense because she has no idea what's happening. But I do like that pretty quickly into the episode, they're like, no, she isn't just letting stuff happen to her. So, like, I did like that she was like, no, fuck you. I want to know what's going on. So they go into the Statue of Liberty because I guess there's there's, you can go into it. And then, uh, Chow is there and he shoots Jane, and she gets shot in the arm, but she's like, no, I'm okay, you go get him. So Weller chases him up some stairs. They fight. Then Jane comes up the stairs. She has a gun. Chow is holding a knife to Weller's throat and is like, if you don't put that gun down, I'm gonna kill him. And then Weller's like, no, if you kill me, she'll kill you. And Jane's like, I don't know if I can shoot him. But then she does. She shoots Chow in like the arm or something. He's not dead, um, but he falls. And oh, and when Jane shoots the gun, she has, like, a flashback of memory of being trained in, like, the woods. She's, like, it, with a gun, like, training to shoot in the woods. And the guy who's training her is the bearded guy from the alley who was watching them. I think. I, I, it is. I'm really bad at recognizing faces. But he had a... I feel like his hair and beard were kind of recognizable. And I was like, I think it's the guy who was watching them. And then he comes up later in the episode, too. It's definitely the same guy.
0: Yeah, you got it. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I was actually very proud of myself for realizing it was the same guy. You should be. So he's training
1: her in the woods to shoot good and then Jane is all freaked out cuz she just shot a guy and she and Weller have a have a hug. Ooh, the romance. <laughs>
0: peak romance when you hug someone after shooting someone. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the, like, resolution
1: of dealing with this guy. There's a whole thing about how he was gonna blow up the statue because his mom died in a prison camp, and he was asking the American government to free her, but they didn't, so he was mad at the government. I don't feel like that plot is necessarily important to the big plot. It seems kind of like that was the contained plot of the procedural, we need to deal with this guy. So anyways, they deal with him. We get a scene of Weller and, like, the other FBI people in the FBI building again, looking at all the tattoos again, and they're, like, s- like trying to figure out, like, if someone just wanted to help us deal with this terrorist guy, why didn't they just call in a bomb tip to the FBI? Why did they kidnap a woman, erase her memories, tattoo information on her body <laughs> in convoluted ways? So they were like, who is this person? Why are they doing this? Which, like, good question! <laughs> Absolutely wild tactic.
0: 10 out of 10.
1: Good question. Also, like, they just happened to read the tattoo that led them to this. The day it was happening. If they had read that a day late, it would have been too late. Yeah. They just just happened to do it.
0: So, in most of the other episodes, they get, like, some sort of tip or clue that leads them to look at a specific tattoo. Uh But yes, this one, if they had just, like not let Jane see all of her tattoos, they would have been fucked. Also, like, she just
1: happens to notice this one. Like, there's a bunch of pictures of tattoos. Like, there could be a tattoo somewhere else on her body that also led to something happening that day, but she just didn't notice it.
0: Yes, it's wild. It doesn't make sense.
1: I mean, you know, like, it's crazy, but it's also one of those things that, like... Suspend your disbelief. Yeah, exactly. Like, a lot of stories rely on that. Like, you just kind of have to accept... That kind of... So, like, whatever. Oh, and then we get a quick moment of Mayfair, who's the, like, head of this division of the FBI. I don't know exactly yeah. what the job title is. She's the boss of all these people, who's looking... There's a, there's a series of numbers on in one of... In numbers and letters in one of Jane's tattoos, and she's looking at a folder that matches that series of letters and numbers, and we see, like, a bunch of it's, like, redacted, but we see the words, like, murder and embezzlement, and then we see the name Bethany Mayfair, which is presumably either Mayfair's name, who her name, or someone related to her, like, because it's yeah. her last name. Um, and she looks real, like, stressed about this. So, like, there's a hint that, like, one of her tattoos, one of Jane's tattoos will lead to uncovering information about Mayfair, and she doesn't want that to happen? Yes. Presumably that's what that scene was doing?
0: Yes. It's her. She is Bethany. Just, if you're gonna redact a file, a name... <laughs> The words murder and the word embezzlement seem more redactable than, like, the rest of it. Yeah, like, there are probably (laughs) random strings of articles on that page that are redacted that are just, like, where the socks are that have been redacted.
1: It's very strange. It's like, what parts of this work? Because literally, like, the only words, like, it's full black, and then there's, like, blacked out text. And then there's, like, the word murder, and the word embezzlement, and her name. But, like, everything else is redacted. It's like, I feel like that's not how, like, why were those yeah. words not redacted? I feel like you did that wrong. It's, it's not important. Uh, we get another scene of Weller with Jane being like, I hope you're doing okay. And they hug again. We also get, I didn't quite catch this, but I think what it was, was that um, there's a tattoo on Jane's like back next to the tattoo of his name that like looks like it's like a skyline with some buildings. And then we cut to, to Weller on like a balcony, like smoking or drinking or something. Presumably, like at his apartment, and I think it's the same skyline. Sure, that's what it's on her back. I'm not sure. I wasn't quite sure what that scene was, but it zoomed in on a tattoo, and then we cut to him looking at the skyline, and it kind—I think it kind of looked the same. I don't know. I might have imagined that.
0: That might be true. I just don't yeah. remember it. Yeah, I don't know. We get that, and then the last, oh no, not the
1: last scene. The second to last scene of the episode is we cut to um, Chow, the the guy they arrested in the hospital. He had surgery after being shot by Jane, and they were like, "Well, oh, we're going to question him tomorrow, but he had surgery today. And then we see the bearded guy from who was watching them and who was in Jane's flashback. He comes in to the room and like takes his like medical mask off, and Chow is like, everything happened the way it was supposed to, So clearly he and the bearded guy were working together and were purposely trying to draw, like, Jane and Weller to them. And, uh, the bearded guy is like, no, it didn't, because you were supposed to die... And he was like, you for your sister, that was the deal. And then um, Chow was like, no, no, I won't tell anyone. And he's like, yeah, you sure won't. And then we cut away, but it's clear that like he killed, the bearded guy killed Chow so that they can't question him. And I guess he and his sister, or he was working for the bearded guy in exchange for his sister's safety or something. The bearded guy is clearly important. And then the last scene we see is a flashback of the bearded guy and younger... Well, maybe not younger, but Jane before, but the main thing is that's different is her hair is, sh- is long cuz in yeah. the main show her hair is short, but in the flashbacks her hair is long. Her hair was long in the in the flashback where she was gun training and it's long in this. He holds up like an IV tube thing and he's like once I put this in you, you will basically cease to exist. You won't have any memories and she's like I know but it's the only choice I have and then cut to black which like clearly sets up that she wanted him to like she it wasn't like someone against her will erased her memories she agreed to it which is interesting as a plot line but I feel like it would have been better if it wasn't in the pilot because I feel like you could have had like that's like a real mystery of like how did this happen and then to, like, in the pilot tell you that she was, like, working... I guess we kind of know that she was working with the bearded guy already because of the flashback where he was training her. But to, like, I don't know. I feel like, on the one hand, by putting that little bit in the in the pilot, it's kind of like, ooh, we're subverting the expectation that someone just kidnapped her and did this to her. But it's also, like, I feel like you could have, like, dragged out that mystery a little bit longer.
0: I don't know. Okay, I agree that, like, maybe you could have dragged out the mystery a little longer. The idea that someone kidnapped her and erased her memory for no reason to throw her at the FBI completely tattooed is so incredibly wild. Well, it doesn't have to be for no reason. He could have like They could have
1: kidnapped her for a reason, but still done it against her will.
0: I guess. I don't know. It was still... I don't know. I, I, I get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I feel like the idea of her not working with them... For me personally, it would have been hard for me to like try to believe that for very long. That's fair. I don't
1: necessarily think it was a bad move. I was just kind of surprised how much of their mystery they gave away in the pilot.
0: That's because the level of mystery in this show is like so high and off the rails and insane and complicated that I trust me, they gave you nothing. That's fair. And it does...
1: I do think that 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 is an interesting plot line that she agreed to this. So, what do you think happens in the show? Um, well, between what I think happens and what I know happens from being told, uh, I think that, at least for the beginning, it's very much a procedural of Jane and Weller and their cop friends. Every week... They find a new tattoo that has a mystery and they have to solve the mystery. And it's often involving terrorists, probably. Yep. And then also it starts to involve, like, I kind of already thought this, but you also kind of confirmed this, that it starts to involve, like, uncovering things that the cops have done based on, like, the, um, the thing that Mayfair was looking at. And then I guess at some point Jane and Weller get married. Yes. I guess also Jane... Eventually realizes that she was working with the bearded man. And I guess they're part of an organization that wants to, I guess, reveal bad things cops have done. But also wants to just play sort of a weird saw game (laughs) with the cops of, like, figure out the tattoo puzzles. And they solve some mysteries.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Give me just, like, a really, like, bad insane take what, like, go as far as you possibly can on what you think that the organization that Jane is part of is trying to do. They're trying to start
1: a new world order <laughs> where instead of cops, all crime is handled by tattooing information <laughs> onto strangers About how to take out bad guys. (laughs) And then vigilantes have to solve the tattoo
0: puzzles and rid the world of crime without cops. Honestly, (laughs) like, they might. It definitely is very anti-cops. They don't want cops around. Yeah, fair. And I think they want to, like, restart the government or something. It's very odd because... For a while in season one, it just kind of... The organization she's part of is called Sandstorm. Okay. And for a while in season one, it just kind of seems like Sandstorm is chill. Like, they're foiling (laughs) other terrorist attacks. They're Mm -hmm. trying to bring down dirty cops. Like, they're doing good things, arguably. (laughs) And then as soon as the show is like, they're a terrorist organization. Their name is Sandstorm. They're like... Actually, this organization is batshit insane and is trying to kill people, but it comes out of nowhere <laughs> based on everything you know about them from season one. It's very mm-hmm. funny. Uh, the show is very whiplashy at times. Interesting. I've talked to you about Evil Fiancé before. I love Evil Fiancé. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. What is evil fiancé? What is that? When Jane went under, like, before... Mm -hmm. So, her name is Remy. Um, Mm -hmm. They call her Jane throughout the show. But before she wiped her memory, her name was Remy. Mm -hmm. And she, as Remy, had a fiancé. I forget his name. I do not know (laughs) it. But you meet him in season one, and he's trying to be, like, her handler. But he's also, like, this is his fiancé. He's in love with her. He's a very odd dude. He's very fun. I like him a lot more than Kurt, but (laughs) he's just a very weird dude. The bearded guy that you meet in this episode Mm -hmm. dies, like, really quick. Like, he might die in the next episode. He might die in, like, episode three. Oh, wow. (laughs) He's the guy who... There's another guy who's part of the organization whose name is Cade. Mm-hmm. And when you first meet Cade, he's like really mad at Jane because he's like the bearded guy died and it comes <laughs> off very very queer. He's like he's like no, but he keeps calling him his, he's like he was like a brother to me. It's like no, Cade. Brother, you're, you're not fooling anyone. And then Cade comes back seasons later and he's married to a guy and it's really funny. That's very good. Good for him. Yeah, Cade realizes by that point that his feelings for Bearded Man were not straight.
1: (laughs) I like also, I'm assuming it's just you don't remember Bearded Man's name, but I like to imagine that he is only ever referred to as Bearded Man, and (laughs) as Cade is talking about how much he loves this guy, he's like, how dare you, I loved Bearded Man.
0: (laughs) He definitely has a name, because when Jane Jane kills evil fiancé... Uh, We're not going into that. Uh, She writes like for whatever bearded guy's name is on the thing, trying to Mm -hmm. frame Cade for it. Mm. Because Cade's whole thing is he wants to kill Jane because evil fiancé is the guy who killed bearded man, I think. So he wants to kill Jane so that evil fiancé will feel the same pain that he feels. (laughs) Which is why that's not straight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this show. That's season one. (laughs) At one point, they decide they've, like, I don't know if they know they've solved all the tattoos, or they just kind of decide they're done. (laughs) And Kurt and Jane get married, and they move away to another country. And then Jane runs away to become a monk (laughs) okay it's not clear it doesn't make sense and it turns out she's been tattooed again but in like uv light tattoos (laughs) and there's no conceivable way that at this point they've done all of the normal tattoos like there's just so many tattoos on her body Yeah, but they really act like they have once they get the uv light (laughs) tattoos and this whole thing has to do with like so it was Roman who did this. Roman is Jane's brother. Uh huh. Who, okay. Wait, did he do the original tattoos or did he do the UV ones or did he do both? He did the UV ones. He, like, Sandstorm did the original tattoos. Like, the uh-huh. idea is that Jane was going to infiltrate the FBI to make sure that they could, like, take down these other organizations and part of, like, taking them down propels sandstorms plot or something and the only way they
1: could do this was by putting cryptic tattoos on her body yes obviously (laughs) obviously Uh. (laughs) But, but yeah like the best part about this too is that like if that was your plan you could do the exact same plan but make the tattoos not cryptic and yeah. it would still, the same thing would happen. They would still be like, who is this woman? They would still read the tattoos and be like, what does it mean? But there would be less of a chance of them missing things if yeah. you just made it literally a list of English sentences of where you need to go and when. <laughs> they just
0: did the puzzles to be extra. That's valid. I wonder <laughs> if it was also like, okay, I'm giving the show too much credit Because you're right, it was just extra. But what if it's like, if I just wrote a bunch of English sentences on a woman's body, maybe the cops won't believe it? Whereas if the cops have to solve a puzzle, maybe they'll be like, ooh, puzzle. Well, that's fair, except that I feel like the cops would would
1: at least try one of the sentences to see if it was true, and if it was true, they would probably have to be like, hmm, the rest of them are probably also true. I can't imagine they would see all of these sentences saying, go to this place at this time to stop a crime, and would say, no, thank you, we're not even going to look into it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fair point. Yeah,
0: it's just a bunch of extra bullshit. It's funny though. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Also, the reason they choose Kurt is because when Kurt was like 12, a girl in his neighborhood who he was friends with disappeared. Uh-huh. And they try to pose Jane as that girl. Okay. There's a period of time where they think Jane is this girl that, like, disappeared when Kurt Mm -hmm. was young. The reason Kurt is a cop is because this, like, disappearance happened. Yeah. And he immediately feels, like, very connected to Jane and very, like, emotionally, um, what's the word? Responsible for Mm -hmm. her because he thinks she's this girl. Yeah. That his dad murdered. That- (laughs) Whoa, okay. (laughs) This show is a lot. Also, there's a point where Kurt tells his dad that Jane is this girl, and... The dad's reaction makes zero sense, given that the dad did kill this girl. Like, he is so relieved. He starts, like, crying, and he's like, this is amazing, this is a miracle, and it's like, either this man is the best actor in the entire world, or this show hadn't committed to the plot line where he did murder this girl by that point. I mean,
1: who knows? Although, it seems weird that I mean, I don't know what the story is, yeah. but,
0: like, if
1: it was just, like, a girl in the neighborhood that died, it seems odd that the dad would be so happy that she lived. Yeah, You know, like, <laughs> like, unless he was overcompensating, because, like, if you, if, if like, a girl who lived in your
0: neighborhood... Well, like, she was supposed to be, like, friends with Kurt, uh, and she hung out so. at the house. Like, okay. it, was, it would be weird for you if your kid's, like, childhood friend... Disappeared. For yeah, years but or. to be so happy that she's alive that you start crying? <laughs> well, he was accused of the crime. Oh, okay. I
1: thought this was just like, hey, Dad, remember that girl that <laughs> that uh, uh, was in my neighborhood when I was younger and disappeared? She's alive. I didn't realize. I didn't realize he'd been accused of the crime at
0: that point. I thought he was just just Kurt's dad. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, he'd been accused of the crime, so it was also like the relief of like, oh, I'm like off yeah. the hook now. Truly. I bonkers. mean, maybe he
1: was just relieved. He was like, oh, well, they found someone they think is the person. I I won't
0: have to go to jail for the crime I did. Yeah, I guess. It's weird. What else happens? Oh, I told you about Roman. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so their names are Roman and Remy. Uh Uh-huh. And this drove me insane for several episodes because on one hand, I was like, is this supposed to be like a Rumus and Romulus reference? Because it's close, but it's not close enough. Like, it was close enough for my brain to go there, but then the show didn't mention it for, like, ten episodes after they (sighs) revealed their names, and I was like, Uh is it? Is it just a coincidence? And it drove me crazy. Was it meant to be a reference? (laughs) Yes, because they were, okay, their backstory is batshit too, but essentially (laughs) their parents got killed and then they were in an orphanage. For a really long time, so technically Roman and Remy aren't their real names either, Mm. Um, but they were in a very, like, bad, violent orphanage from a very young age, and then they got, quote-unquote, rescued by the woman who is the leader of Sandstorm, and she gave them the names Roman and Remy, Mm -hmm. and then she raised them, and she's, like, their mom, but Mm. she's... A crazy person. Roman is too, but I really like Roman. <laughs> he's He's great. He's very funny. So, do you want to guess who my favorite character is? Uh,
1: Patterson?
0: Yes. Patterson's my favorite character. Nice. nice. I did forget there are a lot of characters in the pilot who, like... Well, first of all, I was thinking, wait, is Roman my favorite character? And while I do love Roman, he's not my favorite mm-hmm. character, He's mm-hmm. just, he's very cute. Roman has <laughs> the moral dilemma I wish Jane had. Uh huh. Where Jane just like kind of decides she loves cops, but <laughs> Roman has a moment where he's like, wait, do I like want to be a better person and like reconnect with my sister? And then the cops do some fucked up shit and he's like, no, mm-hmm. actually, I'm evil. Bye. Uh, he's fun.
1: <laughs> is he evil or is he
0: just not pro cops? Well, he does h- help like a billionaire tech conglomerate like mm. take over the FBI, which also isn't great. Fair, fair, yeah. So, Roman's a wild dude. I really love him. And then Dr. Borden, we saw Dr. Borden and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I forgot this guy. Cause Dr. Borden's so sweet and he's so nice. And unfortunately, he's evil. Oh, no. Unfortunately, he is also a sandstorm plant. He was so nice for the, like, two scenes he was in. Yeah, and he kind of goes batshit insane and, like, blows up a shed. And <laughs> he dates Patterson for a while. I actually really like him. And his plot is also, like, his wife. Like, they lived in Africa. They were doing, like, a Doctors Without Borders thing. And his wife got killed by, like, a friendly fire airstrike that accidentally hit, like, a civilian town. Mm -hmm. So he fucking hates cops. Fair. (laughs) So he's interesting, but I loved him. But Patterson is my favorite. She's great. Her dad is Bill Nye. (laughs) She's a cool hacker. She's just the smartest person there. She has, like, the most tragic love interest on this show. (laughs) She's dating a really sweet guy in season one who ends up dead because he's helping her on the tattoos, and he looks into Mm. something on his own, and he gets killed. Dang. It's really sad. And then she dates Borden, who turns out to be (laughs) a psycho, and uh, then she has a crush on Roman, which is just a bad idea. (laughs) Uh, But it's very funny. Uh, Who else? I mean, well, then there's Rich.com in Boston, Uh who... It's great. It's so good. It's so good. It's a good time.
1: Nice. Good for her. Yeah, I mean, she was barely in this, she was in this episode a bit, and I mainly was paying attention to her because I know Ashley Johnson, Mm -hmm. but even if I didn't, like, have the context of of the actress, I feel like I would still have, like, liked her. Again, especially because of the, the fact that she was the first person to, like, be nice to Jane when they take her into the FBI and everyone is just, like, shuttling her around like she's not even human. And then Patterson is like, hey, like, how you doing? (laughs) Are you okay? So, I did like her.
0: Patterson is very nice, and she goes through a lot and continues to be very nice. And her and Rich have a very... Like antagonistic relationship <laughs> because he's like a criminal hacker and she's mm-hmm. kind of like a cop hacker. <laughs> and they're very funny together. And have Boston, who's an art thief. <laughs>
1: God, I have to watch just a supercut of moments between those three.
0: You do. There's not a lot of like genuinely romantic. Just they they they're funny. They're uh, kind of canon.
1: Because isn't it some sort of weird, like, hallucination thing that
0: might be real or might not be real, or... Yeah, remember how I told you the drug that's, like, in Jane's system is traveling up her spine to kill her? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know science. Of course. The very last episode ends with, like, this scene at a dinner party, and everyone's there, and everyone's, like, happy, and... Part of that scene is the scene where you're like, oh, like, these guys are actually in a throuple, mm-hmm. uh, where Patterson is sitting with Rich and Rich has his arm around her and, mm-hmm. like, Rob comes up and he kisses Rich and, like, takes a hold of Patterson's, like, hand and squeezes her mm-hmm. hand. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, they're, like, a little throuple. Mm-hmm. But then you flash back to the situation that was going on in Times Square. I forget what it is. It's probably a bomb. <laughs> And Jane is dead. It is technically like a hallucination that Jane's Mm. having as she dies. But it's a very weird moment if the show was not trying to say this will be canon or like this... Yeah, like why would that
1: just be Jane's imagination if it wasn't based on anything? Yeah, exactly. So, Yeah. I'll I'll take it as canon. Exactly. I don't care. Do you want to guess my
0: favorite ship in the show? Is it that ship or is it at least like Boston and, and Rich.com? Probably this show to me isn't very shippy. Mm. which is weird because I I usually love the, like, classic, like, cop-not-a-cop pairing. Mm -hmm. I just hate Kurt too much. I love Evil Fiance. Jane and Evil Fiance are a fun ship. They have a good Uh dynamic. And then, yeah, Patterson and Rich.com in Boston are very funny together. And the last season, Patterson and Rich.com's chemistry is very fun. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wish they made out. (laughs) 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 But they don't, and it's sad. And then canon queers. I thought going into this that there weren't any canon queers in the pilot, but I was wrong. There are.
1: Okay. Well, I know there's Boston and Rich.com. I keep wanting to call him Boston Rob.
0: <laughs> Me too. I think earlier when I was trying to say Boston, I just said Rob, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Boston and Rich.com. Uh, who in the pilot? Mayfair.
0: Yes. Mayfair is a lesbian. Oh, really?
1: Nice. Yeah. Too bad she's also evil, I think. Question she's
0: bar. not evil. She's, she was involved in a thing that was kind mm. of sketchy, but, like, okay. she herself is not evil. That's fair. I mean, other than
1: the fact that she's the head of the FBI and the FBI clearly sucks, she seemed cool. Like, <laughs> she's yeah. pretty pretty cool. Yeah. She was nicer to Jane than Weller was. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, are such a bad love interest, like, I don't know why they write him like that. <sighs> He's terrible.
1: And, like, literally everybody else is being nicer to Jane than he is, and why does she like him? She, like, even in the pilot, they're so clearly setting up this, like, she hugs him, and she's like, oh my god, we have this, like, connection, and it's like... Out of every person you've met since you woke up in Times Square with no memories other than I guess the guy who aimed a gun at you, <laughs> he's been the nicest like he's been the least nice person to you. Why do you like him? Yeah, she just has bad taste, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, her fiance isn't that great either. she has bad taste fair maybe that's just a character trait for her. <laughs> well, oh
1: wait before there was something else I wanted to say about this. But you never asked the question of would I watch this? Oh, Because sorry. the answer is quite obvious. But... Oh my
0: god, would you watch this show?
1: Okay, the answer is no. <laughs> but I wanted to say so, like it's clearly like very much a procedural, which is not something I'm interested in. There was way too much drama and intense scenes about like ooh, violence and whatever that I'm not into. I did feel like this pilot kind of reminded me of the pilot of Orphan Black, which is a show I do actually really like. And I was trying to think of, like, why and how it's different. And, like, part of it is that Orphan Black came, like, really highly recommended. I had a lot of friends who really liked it. So, like, I wanted to push through and, like, find out what happened. Mm -hmm. But also, I feel like this episode didn't do a good job of making any of the characters, like, endearing or, like... (laughs) compelling like they felt like it was like weller just sucks
0: jane is kind of interesting jane is great in this episode i love her in this episode she's such a badass she is a
1: badass but like i honestly feel like how much she liked weller made me like <laughs> <less>. <laughs> okay and like even just like i don't know the the it's just like a bunch of characters at the FBI office station, yeah. just being generic FBI people, and, like, the whole, like, the way they handled the terrorist guy, and, like, breaking into his house and stuff was, like, ooh, and, like, I get, like, Orphan Black is not the same show, and, like, it's less immediately about the cops, it's more about, like, oh god, what's her name, the main girl, and, like, her life, and she's not a cop, but, like, I, I don't know, I feel like this, this episode, like, I was, I mean, now that you've talked about it and said it's such a mess, I'm less curious about the whole tattoo (laughs) situation. But, like, I was really curious from watching just the pilot, like, what, what, why does she have these tattoos? What, why, who thought that this would be a good way to convey information to the police? No one. But it wasn't enough to make me like, ooh, yeah, I want to watch the next episode?
0: like Orphan Black isn't a procedural. That's fair. I understand what you're saying about the pilot because the pilot is very much about her pretending to be the clone of her that's a cop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I yeah. see where you're getting the similarities but yeah, Orphan Black just isn't a cop show.
1: It's it's not. There's is a lot of cop stuff but it's not it's not a cop procedural the way this is.
0: Do you want to tell me what I'm watching next week? Not next week. You know what I mean, team. Yeah,
1: I realize right now that I have not decided yet. So hold on, let
0: me get my list. Can I pick a letter between A to Z?
1: Yes, actually. I have a whole long list here. Pick a letter and I'll do the first one on my list that starts with that letter, assuming I have one that starts with that letter.
0: Okay. Because I
1: fully forgot to come prepared with something to make you watch. Okay.
0: Now I'm afraid I'm going to be hacking it if I choose the letter. Just choose, or even, like, say a
1: number without thinking too hard, and I'll do the letter that is that number. Seven. Okay. Or I'll just count down my list and go to the seventh one. That's probably easier. Seven is G, but you can also do the seventh
0: one on your list.
1: I do have one that starts with G. We can do G. Okay. Okay, we're gonna watch the first episode of Gravity Falls.
0: Which is also a big mystery from my understanding.
1: It is. It is. It's a very different type of mystery than this show, but it is a mystery. So we're kind of on theme still. I like it.
0: Okay. Gravity Falls. Perfect. I'm excited. Yay. Okay. Great. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Blind Spot. This is an episode of Blind Spot canonically. <laughs> Yes. This is the,
1: the, the, the episode after the finale where we confirm that Patterson and Boston and Rich.com are in a threesome.
0: Yes. That is definitely our purview. And we have the right <laughs> yeah, to say that. We do. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Epiphanies Pod. You can email us at episode Epiphanies at gmail.com and leave a review for us on iTunes, please. And we will. Mm-hmm do something with it i was gonna say sing a song but i don't want to sing no we won't do that
1: we can do a dramatic we'll do a dramatic reading of we'll do
0: it. a dramatic
1: reading of it i love that every time we say this we like make a different promise about what we'll do with the thing
0: we're not gonna remember any of them by the time we get one you're gonna remember all the promises that we said though <laughs> because you are smarter than both of us combined it's true bye bye